Horvat, Demko, power rankings. Oh my. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Go to our YouTube channel. Search us at Locked On Sabres. You can find all of our recent episodes, and you can also watch the show. Uh, well, that's exactly what you would do when you would go to YouTube. Watch our episodes. So uh, if you are not checking the show out that way, feel free. If you want to get in contact with the show, ask a question or make a comment. Our YouTube channel is good for that. At Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter or at Locked On Sabres for the podcast again. Uh, today's question comes from the simplest hashtag or the simplest username that there is. Uh, at Buffalo Sabres fan asks, do you see the Sabres seeking a physical presence at the deadline? I feel like we need an enforcer type hybrid to allow Tuck, Skinner, Cousins, Thompson, Darlene to play at their fullest injury free, especially come playoffs. Let me know. No. I get it. Fans want the tough guys. They want the space on the ice. My response to that would be the Sabres players that are talented like that, the guys you mentioned, Cousins, Thompson, Skinner, uh, Darlene, they already do whatever they want. They already fly around the ice. Thompson moves through the middle of the ice at blazing speed all the time. He's not afraid of guys taking his head off. It doesn't happen in today's NHL. So my answer to that would be no. Look at the top teams in the league. Boston will always have the reputation of being this big, bruising, physical squad. Go look at their roster. They don't have that guy anymore. Anyone. Nick Foligno is the closest that they get to that. They don't have Chara anymore. They don't have Lucic. Marshawn is small. He was never the enforcer. He was more of the, you know, the rat. So Boston doesn't have that guy. Carolina doesn't have that guy. The Maple Leafs don't have that guy. Who has that guy? Minnesota has that guy. Ryan Reeves. He's like one of the few guys left in the NHL that plays that role. How good is Minnesota? We've seen the Sabres beat them. I mean, they lost to them in a shootout, but we've seen the Sabres outplay them twice in the last two weeks. So I get the question. I understand the sentiment, but I don't think it's necessary. And the great teams in the league don't do it anymore. Take your cues from them. Uh, but thank you for the question. Hate to hate to belittle the question, but uh, I feel like on that front, I kind I kind of gotta. Um, so, anyways, that's our question of the day. Thank you for the question. We got a lot to get to. The Bo Horvat trade made by a contending team in the Eastern Conference, at least a playoff contending team. We've got power rankings to get to, and Elliot Friedman talking about the Sabers and a goaltender that they could trade for. Uh, we've not talked a lot about goalie trades. I actually think this one makes a lot of sense. So get to that in a little bit as well. Let's start, though, on Long Island. The New York Islanders swinging a trade for Bo Horvat, captain of the Vancouver Canucks, the eighth leading goal scorer in the NHL with 31 goals in 49 games played this season. He is a franchise cornerstone for Vancouver. The Islanders. 
who are behind the Sabres in the standings. They have 55 points to the Sabres 56, and the Islanders have played three more games than Buffalo has. They sit two points out of a playoff spot, but again, they've played three more games than Pittsburgh. The Islanders trade a first-round pick, top 12 protected in 2023, but unprotected in 2024 if the pick gets transferred there. They also send Anthony Bolivier, once their top prospect, now, you know, 25 years old, kind of middle six, the bottom six guy, nothing crazy. And then one of their top prospects, Atu Ratti, who was a second round pick of theirs a couple of years ago. To start, I think this is very dumb on the Islanders' part. Very dumb. I don't think their team is all that good. In fact, I think they're not good at all. I don't see them as a legitimate threat to make the playoffs. I think they rank behind the Sabres, behind the Penguins and Capitals, behind the Panthers. So I think they are going to fall off. And what they've done here, they've taken a massive risk to what? Squeeze into the playoffs? To get throttled by Boston? Like the Islanders are not really building towards anything. It's one thing for the Sabres to get in because, one, they've got the longest playoff drought in hockey. And, two... They're building towards something. They have a young group, the youngest team in hockey. And yeah, they probably get throttled by Boston in the first round as well if they squeak in or Carolina. But those are learning experiences for young players. That is playoff experience those young players can get under their belt. And again, they're just they're just in a different stage in their organization. The Islanders are one of the oldest teams in hockey. What are they hoping to accomplish? They're in win-now mode? Win what? Just to squeak in the playoffs, I never understand that ideology. I get why they're doing it, though. They have an 80-year-old general manager. Lou Lamorello is on the back nine of his management career. And he probably thinks, I'm not going to see these picks anyway. I'm not going to see this prospect anyway. Yeah, let me go get Bo Horvat. Let me take that risk. That's a dangerous place to be in, though, when you have someone with that mindset running your organization because he can kill the future of your organization before you're able to salvage it and realize what is happening. So Lamorello trades a first-round pick. The top 12 protected is, is fine. They have no risk of trading the Connor Bedard pick this year. But I don't think the Islanders are a good team. They are a team absolutely capable of falling right to rock bottom and doing it in a hurry. When Brock Nelson is your best player, is your all-star, you are always capable of finishing near the bottom of the league. Next year's pick, if it goes to it, if they have a pick inside the top 12 this year, it's transferred to 2024. And then the Islanders have sent an unprotected first-round pick. There's another generational prospect at first overall next year. I think that is risky. There are not many teams in the league I would rather have the 2024 first-round pick of than the New York Islanders. They might be about to trade a top-five pick away. It's it's at least possible. Uh, Bolivier, Raddy, like, I get that. I understand that. The other risk in doing this if you are the Islanders, you are trading for a rental when you do not know whether or not you're actually going to be in the playoffs. You can't be doing that with rentals. Bo Horvat, in a month's time, the trade deadline is March 3rd. So they make this trade over a month before the trade deadline. There's a very real possibility the Islanders fall off. I don't think Horvat makes them that much better. He makes them better. He's a nice player. But I don't think he makes them that much better. If they if they plateau or even drop off even more of what they've dropped off for the next month of the season, 
Well, now they're going to be sitting at the trade deadline looking to trade Bo Horvat. Because at this point, it doesn't sound like there's any assurances long-term that he will sign there. So they might just end up flipping this guy in a month and lose value on it. They, they hope to recoup a first-round pick, and maybe they have to eat losing the prospects. I just I hate it for the Islanders. I hate – I mean, I'm glad for the Sabres' sake. I don't think they know what they're doing. They are confused about what stage they are in. They should be in teardown mode or at least real retool mode. Like, start to build a younger core. Go for future pieces. That doesn't mean they have to trade everybody away. But, man, investing in this team as though they're one player away from the Stanley Cup is just, to me, complete madness. By the way, I'm not upset at all the Sabres did not make this trade in any way, shape, or form. Horvat's about to be 28 years old. You have contract uncertainty because he's an unrestricted free agent. The Sabres are a couple years away from a trade like that. Um and the equivalent for the Sabres would have been what? A first-round pick with those conditions, which I would not have wanted to do. Uh, Casey Middlestat, who is kind of the Anthony Bolivier comparable, although I think Middlestat's a better player. And then Isaac Rosine. That, to me, is the equivalent. Rosine, Middlestat, and a first-round pick. i do that for Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer is two years younger than Bo Horvat, which might not sound like, but in today, a lot, like a lot. But in today's NHL, it is. So... And also, Meyer, you have co- contract uh, control because he's an RFA after the year, end of the year. Some contract control. I'd do that package for for Meyer, a first-round pick, Casey Middlesat, and Isaac Rosine. I would not do that trade, though, for Bo Horvat. Sabres were never rumored to be in that, and I'm glad that they weren't. Real quick, on the Canucks, they're clearly in teardown mode, right? The only untouchables, reportedly, are Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, and... Am I missing one? Uh, that might have been it. Just Quinn Hughes and, and uh, Elias Patterson. I've got this question uh, on Twitter. Is there anyone on the Canucks that you would be interested in for the Sabres? I, there are a couple. Niels Hoglander is a nice middle six player that I would be interested in. Brock Besser is a buy low player right now. He only has nine goals on the season, but he has scored 20 goals almost every other year of his career, uh, except maybe his rookie year. So Besser is a guy I'd be interested in. Hoglander. I have not thought a lot about Canucks goaltender Thatcher Demko. But in roars Elliot Friedman, back-to-back days talking about the Sabres. Yesterday was that Eichel comment. Today, they were talking about Thatcher Demko and teams that make sense for Thatcher Demko. And Elliot Friedman, who is plugged into the NHL as any insider out there, he mentioned two teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Buffalo Sabres. He mentions the Sabres as a team that makes sense. He's not saying the Sabres are interested, but he's saying that they make sense for Thatcher Demko. And my ears perked up a little bit because you know what? I've not thought about goaltender a lot, but I like this. I like this a lot. You've heard me on Devin Levi before. I'm optimistic. I hope Devin Levi, and I have. there's plenty of reason to believe he could be the goalie of the future, the franchise netminder for the Sabres for how well he is playing right now in college at Northeastern. But I will... Beat this point home if I if I can as much as possible. Drive it home. Goalies take a long time. They often take two, three, four years longer than you think. Linus Allmark didn't make the NHL as a starter or a regular until he was 26 years old. Ryan Miller didn't make it as a regular until he was 26 years old. Ilias Sorokin, right now, he is going to be a Vesna finalist for the New York Islanders. He is their best player. He is their franchise goaltender, their future goaltender. And guess what? Last year was his first season as a starter when he was 26 years old. You might think Ilya Sorokin, oh, this new guy on the block, new, young, fresh goaltender in the NHL that's really good. Yeah, he's 27. 
It took him a long time. There's a Russian element to his game uh, in his development path, which makes it a little different, but you get the point. Goalies, other than guys like Marc-Andre Fleury or Rick DiPietro, it's rare that they show up that quickly and produce. Spencer Knight right now, who was a first-round pick of the Florida Panthers, part of the reason they traded Levi. Spencer Knight is 21 years old. Yeah, they probably thought he was going to be incredible. He's still their backup. He's still the backup. He played 19 games this year, 9068 percentage, which isn't terrible, but it's not great. He's still finding his way. Uh, so I don't know. I would not make any plans assuming Devin Levi is the Sabres goaltender for at least three, four years. If he shows up before that and he makes them make a move because he's that good, great. That that's it's a good problem to have if they if at some point Levi is so good that all oh, we've got three good goaltenders now what are we gonna do? I wouldn't run from that. I wouldn't be afraid of that because the a more realistic outcome is yeah he shows up when he's twenty five in four or five years. That's not that might be the more likely outcome of anything. By the way, that's if he develops in the first place, which I'm optimistic of. Thatcher Demko is who Friedman talked about for the Sabres. And Thatcher Demko is the right age, the right price, the right cap hit, the right length, the term on the deal. Everything kind of fits for Thatcher Demko, who, by the way, after this season, I, I, I Chris Ostrander from Two in the Box had a good tweet that he thinks this is more of a summer move for the Sabres. And I, I tend to agree because Craig Anderson has been so good this year that I think he could get the Sabres through the rest of the year as their 1B to Ukapeka Lukanen. Thatcher Demko, after this season, will have three years remaining on his contract. I think that's perfect. Three-year deal for Thatcher Demko at $5 million per year, nothing crazy. And it would be a buy low. He's having a bad season. I, I won't sugarcoat it. He is having a bad season. Uh, if you look at the... um. If you look at some of the advanced numbers, they're even really bad. Uh, Goal saved above expected this year. Out of 66 goalies that have played 10 or more games, he ranks uh, out of 70, excuse me, goalies that have played 10 or more games. He ranks 66th, so fifth from the bottom. He has an 883 safe percentage. But look at his past three seasons. He's played four years in the league. This year's the worst at 883 save percentage. Last year, a 915. Year before that, a 915. Year before that, a 905 in his rookie year. Not bad. Goal save above expected in last season. He ranked 13th. The year before that, he ranked 9th. And his rookie year, he ranked 35th. So every year of his career until this year, he's been at least pretty good. And in the last two years before this year, he was great. So maybe a little bit of a buy low. A 1A to Lukadin's 1B. You pair those two together, that's your Demko and Ukepeka Lukanen, and that is your goalie combination for the next three seasons. I don't know what that would cost. Maybe a second-round pick and a, and a decent prospect. I don't think he should warrant a first-round pick because he's a goalie and he's had a really bad year. Um, I don't know what the price necessarily would be, but I'm very intrigued by the idea of the Sabres trading for Thatcher Demko. If we get anything else on that, or maybe I'll just talk more about that as we go forward because I, I, I like that idea. It, his name might pop up a little bit more and more uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. All right, let's take a timeout here. And when we come back, power rankings. Let's get to some power rankings. My Eastern Conference power rankings. I'm going to start doing this weekly and we'll work our way up from 1 to 16. So stay tuned here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. By the way, a, a quick update from practice that you'll like uh, that pertains to Wednesday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. We are brought to you by... 
FanDuel Sportsbook. We love FanDuel Sportsbook. I love making my bets on FanDuel. I'm looking already at the odds for Sabres and Hurricanes. Can't wait to preview it on Wednesday show. And this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, over-unders on passing yardage, rush yardage, um, lots of prop bets, fun prop bets. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Welcome back. Sneaky Joe DiBiase here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. All right, a quick update from practice for the Sabres before we get to my Eastern Conference power rankings uh, for the week of January 31st. Tage Thompson, back at practice. He was day-to-day with an upper body injury. He was back at the at practice on a regular line rush with Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner, and Don Granato said he's hopeful that he'll be able to play tomorrow. It seems like it's trending in that direction that Thompson will play. Another practice also for Dylan Cousins and Matias Samuelson. Same deal there. The best news you could expect in a tough matchup the Sabres have with a great Hurricanes team on Wednesday night. It seems as though they're going to have Thompson, Cousins, and Samuelson all in the lineup. Which again, if they win that game or even get one point, they will be in a playoff spot through All-Star Weekend. We'll be able to look at for the next week at least the Sabres in a playoff spot when you open up that standings page. And by the way, that's just Pittsburgh. They could pass Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's off. They're already on their bye week till next week. They, I believe they could. Wow. Well, it depends. They could pass Washington. Washington. So they could technically be sitting in the first wild card spot before they go on their bye week. But Washington plays at Columbus uh, on Tuesday night. So by the time you're listening to this, depending on when, they might have already played that game. But si- Bl- Capitals at Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets are a big underdog. So go CBJ. I'm not holding my breath, though, thinking they're going to win it. But if CBJ wins that game over the Capitals and the Sabres win tomorrow night against the Hurricanes, the Sabres are in the number one wildcard spot going into their bye week. That would be sweet. Gotta love it. Wow, I hit my table way too hard for those watching on our YouTube channel because my monitor just almost fell off my, my stand here. Very nervous right now because I can't have these monitors be falling in the middle of the show um, because they would break. I don't think the show, I mean, would kind of be ruined, I guess, too, but I'm more worried about this monitor breaking. I think we're good, though. All right, I'm going to trust it. And we're going to fire up our power rankings. Let's go. January 31st, Eastern Conference Power Rankings. Number one, the Boston Bruins. To me, this is kind of a no-brainer. Their five-on-five numbers are not actually number one in the Eastern Conference uh, in terms of some like the Corsi 4 percentage and expected goals for and a shot share and whatnot. Well, that is Corsi 4. But Boston, they're just overwhelmingly great. I mean, a plus 78 goal differential, which is almost twice as good as the next closest team 
in the Eastern Conference. Boston is 38-7-5. They already have 81 points. They are on pace to set NHL records with what they are doing in this regular season. They're on pace for like 130 points in the regular season. I cannot drop them lower than one. Boston is the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Number two. The Carolina Hurricanes. I actually, if I were doing tier-based rankings, which I like doing for football, I would have Carolina and Boston in the same tier. I can't put Carolina ahead of Boston because they're nine points back. They are 46 goals behind Boston in goal differential. But Carolina did just beat Boston, and they look great doing it. I think Carolina is the team to challenge the Bruins in the East, and I expect that to be the conference finals. Um, but it's hockey, so you really never know. It's not like football in that way. Carolina, the number two team in the Eastern Conference. They well-built team from top to bottom. Um, and the blue line is one of the best in hockey. The goaltending has really come through for them in the last couple of years. There's nothing to not like about the Sebastian Ajo-led Carolina Hurricanes. Number three, give it to the New Jersey Devils. Give it up for him. Lindy Ruff. Second best odds to win coach of the year. He's done a phenomenal job. Jack Hughes has taken that monster leap forward. We've been waiting for him to do that, right? He kind of had a pedestrian first couple of years for a first overall pick. And then boom, this year, 33 goals in 49 games played, 64 points. He already, by the way, has set his career high in goals and points. And it's only game number 49. Hughes has taken a massive step forward. Jesper Bratt is one of the most underrated players in hockey. The blue line is good now that it's got Dougie Hamilton leading the way. The only thing I'm really worried about with the Devils has been goaltending, but it seems like Vitek Venacek has kind of stabilized that for them as they acquired him in the offseason. Mackenzie Blackwood, he is just kind of an afterthought. He's the backup now, and he's not good. Uh, but Venacek has done a pretty nice job. So I've got the Devils at number three in my power rankings. Number four, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It really doesn't matter until they get to the playoffs with Toronto, right? Uh, they have great regular seasons every year. And Mitch Marner has been incredible this year, right? He's really been the leader. In fact, Austin Matthews has taken a bit of a step back. He's just barely above a point per game, which is great, but it's not up to his standard. He's at 53 points in 47 games and now is out for three weeks with a knee injury. But Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner and William Nylander, both with 59 points in 51 games. They've been incredible. Um, Matt Murray has given them some excellent goaltending. So has Ilya Samsonov. Two goalies I liked for the Sabres this past offseason. Toronto got both of them, and they've both been pretty solid. Although it is usually you get a little bit of a boost playing goalie for that Leafs team. Number five, Tampa. The team that will probably play Toronto in the first round, which is hilarious. This is, this is the stupidest playoff format of all time. They are going to play each other every year. Toronto is third in the NHL in terms of points, and Tampa is sixth. And they've got to play the sixth place team. That's incredible. Tampa is starting to morph their style a little bit from this run and gun, up and down the ice type of play to now they like to lock it down a little bit more. They can play that physical brand of hockey. They're experienced now. They're actually one of the older teams in the league. That's more so, though, for lines two through four. Their top line can still run and gun with the best of them. They could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with the best of Toronto. Uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Braden Point, they're still incredible. One of the best lines in hockey. And uh, Brandon Hagel, former Sabre uh, draft pick, has been a great addition for them. He has 41 points in 48 games this year. And they've got the best one of the best goalies in hockey, Andre Vasilevsky. I've got Tampa at number five. Number six. 
bit of a shocker. My first hot take of the power rankings. Florida. I got the Florida Panthers, despite the fact they are three points out of a playoff spot. They've played three more games than Pittsburgh, who is in that playoff spot. They're behind the Sabres, but I think Florida is too talented. I think that if they get right, they are the team that you don't want to play in the wild card round. I think I would rank the Sabres pretty highly on that list, but if I am the Boston Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes, if you tell me you can avoid one team that is in the race for that wild card, I'll take Florida. I don't want to play the Florida Panthers. They are so talented. Matthew Kachuk has been an incredible addition for them. They have not gotten the goaltending, but we know they are capable of getting the goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight if they get hot at any point in time. And also, we have to remember, Alex Barkov has been dealing with an injury for a lot of this year, a nagging injury. Uh, He's even missed, I think, about 10 games. If he starts to get healthy, look out, because that is year-to-year been their best player. And they really haven't had him at full strength. Still over a point a game, but uh, I I think the Panthers are a great team that has just kind of had some unlucky results. In fact, five on five expected goals for percentage this season. Look at the top of the list. It's a lot of the great teams in the league. Carolina, New Jersey, there's Calgary, Toronto, Boston. Number six in the NHL in expected goals for above Tampa, above Pittsburgh and all those other playoff teams is the Florida Panthers. I've got them at number six in my Eastern Conference rankings. Number seven, the New York Rangers. Not a big Rangers fan. Rangers have been a little lucky this year. In fact, they have the least man games lost all season. The healthiest team in the league. And I think that's playing into a lot of their success and where they are in the standings is the guys are just getting, they're just not getting hurt at the same rate that other teams are getting injured. Uh, They're built from the net out. That's fine. Some teams do it that way. And Igor Shosturkin is a great goaltender that is in certain spots worthy of that happening. But they just don't have that superstar talent. Panarin is amazing. Artemi Panarin is amazing. And Mika Zibanejad is amazing. The problem for the Rangers, I think, is their young guys have not developed. Their top young guys have not developed. They have a second overall pick and a first overall pick on their team. And Capo Caco has 23 points in 49 games. Alexis Lafreniere has 22 points in 48 games. He was actually a healthy scratch a couple of weeks ago. So you got 46 points combined between your first overall pick and your second overall pick. I don't think they could take a big leap forward as a team until one of those two, if not both of those two, makes giant steps. And nothing they're doing right now shows me that they're capable of those giant steps. So I've got the New York Rangers at number seven. We'll take a timeout here, and when we come back, find out where the Sabres are. We're through the top seven, and I'm not yet at the Sabres. So come back for that here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. A couple of different ways to do Athletic Greens, to get all those healthy vitamins, minerals, uh, probiotics, and adaptogens. You could either make the shakes, get the powder, mix it with some ice, uh, and some almond milk or some water, and... You're, t- you're talking about a great tasting shake that gives you all the nutrients that you're looking for or the droplets. Drop one or two drops into your water or your coffee and you get everything that you need. So it depends. If you want a delicious uh, shake, you could do it that way. Or if you want to not notice it, you could do it 
that way. AG1 is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There are no nasty GMOs or chemicals or artificial anything. You are getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging. It supports a lot of things, if you can't tell. Athletic Greens, Created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And it costs less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your coffee habit. It's cheaper than getting all of those different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with all of these clouds. No sun in the past couple of months here in Buffalo. And also, they're going to give you five free travel packs, so it's easy for you to take it on the go with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Okay, let's pick back up with my Eastern Conference power rankings. If you missed the top seven, Boston number one. Carolina, number two. Devils, number three. Light, uh, Maple Leafs at four. Lightning at five. Panthers at six. Rangers at seven. Number eight, the Buffalo Sabres. I teased it long enough. I think they are in the top eight. That would mean playoffs. I think they're one of the eight best teams in the NHL. The Sabres are fast. They score. They have great defensemen at the top of the lineup in the blue line. They are now starting to get more consistent goaltending. And their record this year with and without Matias Samuelson is so telling. When they have that stud shutdown defenseman back there on their first pair, they are unbeatable. I've got the Sabres at number eight. I do think this team is going to make the playoffs. I think they are a better team than Pittsburgh and Washington. By the way, I have Pittsburgh at number nine. Pittsburgh, they've still got Crosby at playing at a super high level. Malkin and Latang as well. They can't keep Jari healthy, though. And there's not much more to go on past those three. I mean, Jake Gensel is a phenomenal player. Jason Zucker gives them some offense here and there. So they're not bereft of talent, but they are certainly old and they are injury prone. Uh, So I can't put them in the top eight. Um, They play a lot of one score games as compared to the Sabres. So I just think a lot of things that are happening there are, are kind of fluky and they're getting the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they've earned it, right? They have not missed the playoffs in six in 17 years. But at some point, they're going to miss the playoffs. And I think this year is a very real possibility that that happens. Number 10, the Washington Capitals. For as old as Pittsburgh is, the Capitals are reliant on even older players. Uh, Ovechkin is still scoring goals at a crazy rate. He's going to get to 50 this year. But past that, Evgeny Kuznetsov, not the player he once was. Uh, uh, TJ Oshie, certainly not the player that he once was. Now at 36 years old, he's only got 17 points in 34 games. John Carlson, not the player he was a couple years ago when he won the Norris Trophy. Really, if you look at guys that are supposed to be in the primes of their career on Washington, 
I think I got one name. Anthony Mantha. That's it. And by the way, he's supposed to be in his prime. He's not playing great. Nine goals and 15 assists in 48 games played. That stinks. It's below Marcus Johansson, former Sabre that's on that team. It's below Connor Sherry on their team. Dylan Strome. I just I don't see the depth in their lineup. I don't see the speed. They look old to me. They are so reliant on Ovechkin right now. Um, I don't think they have it in them to, to make the playoffs. I think they're going to miss. Uh, and that'll be the first time that's happened to them, I think, since 2013. It's been 10 years for them. So I've got the Washington Capitals at number 10. Number 11. A little bit higher than where they are in the standings. I've got the Ottawa Senators at number 11. For the most part, it's due to one thing. Their advanced numbers are a lot better than what their record is. In fact, their advanced numbers are above Buffalo, above Washington, above the Rangers, above the Islanders. They're they're really good at 5-on-5. Their special teams stink, and they're not getting good goaltending, but their expected goals for percentage is 13th in the NHL, right where the Edmonton Oilers are. Um, They just aren't scoring goals, and they're not putting them in the back of the net, and they're not getting good goaltending. So I I think they're getting a little bit unlucky up there in Ottawa. I think that number, 13th, it's probably a little bit inflated, um, but I've got them at number 11. I've got the Islanders at number 12. I know they got Bo Horvat, but I I don't like this roster. I... I mean, Brock Nelson's your best player. How good a team can you be when Brock Nelson is your best player? Matthew Barzell is my favorite player there and the most exciting player. But I don't know, man. They're still trotting Anders Lee and Kyle Palmieri out there. John Gabriel Pajot, the ancient remains of Zach Parise. They still got a goon line that features Matt Martin. I mean, what are we doing there? The blue line, I guess, is actually pretty good. It's a little bit underrated. Adam Pellich, Scott Mayfield, Ryan Pulak. And... Sorokin's great, but I just, they're so lacking that dynamic scoring ability that you really need in today's NHL. So I got the Islanders at number 12. I got the Red Wings at number 13. I don't got a lot to say about them other than Steve Eisenman, maybe a little bit overrated as a GM from what he did in Tampa. And he inherited a lot of that in Tampa. Number 14, I've got is the Montreal Canadiens. They have the second worst goal differential in the NHL uh, or in the East at minus 54. Uh, and number 16, no, oh, uh, 15. I've got the Flyers at 15, lower than where they are in the standings. They have a minus 20 goal differential. They have a bad head coach in John Tortorella. Rasmus Stalinen has given them nothing this year. They're being saved by Carter Hart. The rest of their team, to me, is straight garbage. Um, but it, it really is It's the goalie. Carter Hart is having a very good season. Uh, they rank 24th in the NHL in expected goals for percentage. And in shot share, I believe they're even lower. Shot share, they're just 25th. 16th, by the way, the worst team in the Eastern Conference to me, bar none. It's not even close. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 33 points in 50 games, a minus 66 goal differential. Johnny Goudreau, you made a bad decision going to Columbus. There's nothing I like about that team at all. Goudreau, that's it. Name a center. Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you. Name a center on the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm a huge hockey fan, and I don't even know if I can name one. I got to be able to name one. Uh, Alex Tessier, or Texier, I always forget it. He maybe is their number one. No, Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner, Cole Sillinger, Jack Rossovich. The, all right, I did know this. These are names that I know. Um, but that's bad team. All right, so there's my power rankings. Working from the bottom up. Columbus, Philly, Montreal, Detroit at 13, Islanders at 12, Ottawa at 11, Washington at 10, Pittsburgh at 9, Buffalo at 8, Rangers at 7, Fly, uh, Panthers at 6, Lightning at 5, Devils, oh, I'm messing this up. Lightning at five, 
Maple Leafs at four, Devils at three, Hurricanes at two, Bruins at one. And that's it. That's going to do it for us today here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. All right, on tomorrow's show, we're going to preview Sabres and Hurricanes. Their final game before the All-Star break. So come back for that, uh, and we'll talk some more All-Star-related stuff a little bit later in the week. We'll have some fun with that. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Lockdown Sabres.